Hey guys, this is Dr. Bo Nikoy. I'm Darren Peterson. And Dr. Blue Sneederjohn. And we are just so excited to bring you guys this uh, this podcast we've been thinking about, dreaming about, uh, trying to figure out sound on for about six months. Um, we're going to call this the Life Change Podcast. Um, it's, uh, you know, from the Panhandle Weight Loss Center. Uh, but we, we want this to encompass way more than, than what people most commonly associate with us, which is weight loss surgery. We want this to be the lifestyle aspect of, of what we do here. So we're going to start by, um, you know, what we want to accomplish from this podcast. We're going to start with Dr. Schneiderjohn. Uh, thanks, Bo. Um, I've, I've been looking forward to this time, and uh, especially just as a personal journey. This since COVID hit almost two years ago now, uh, just kind of took my own personal health journey. I thought I was healthy, but I've taken it to a new level. I've uh, just been reading a lot, and what I'm excited about is just sharing all that. Um, whether it be you know. We feel like bariatric surgery is a great tool for patients, but the more we do this, the more we realize it's all about um, a really life change. And uh, whether that be eating um, healthier and what what eating healthy looks like. What I thought eating healthy was two years ago versus it is now is totally different. I, and I, I think we're gonna have fun talking about that. Uh, other things is just, just life, uh, managing stress, getting good sleep. Um, simple things can just affect your life um home life keeping your relationships healthy so i hope that we're going to cover everything we may even get into politics bo we enjoy that so uh <laughs> that could be dangerous <laughs> I, uh, spotify may block us so. <laughs> so just just sharing what we talk about every day i think is the biggest thing and how it affects our patients no and no, i would agree I, th- I think the longer that we do this we recognize that a successful journey towards weight loss is much more than just a number on a scale. That it really has to deal with the entire person. And the essence of who we are as a person is more than just our weight. It's our mind, it's our body, and it's our spirit. And if we fail to address any one of those, then we're going to potentially derail our ultimate success. And certainly the durability of any kind of weight loss that we've achieved. And so the, the more that we engage with patients, we realize that understanding who they are as a person and in trying to um, influence each of these areas is, is critically important. And so my hope is that this podcast is able to start shedding light into how does, how does our stress affect our ability to get healthy? How does our sleep affect our ability to get healthy? How does all these other aspects with exercise being a component with all these other things and starting to address each one of those and understanding how that all culminates in helping a person achieve the health and wellness that will lead to the desired weight loss that they're looking for. Yeah. So I'd say um, my desire is to, to share with the world kind of what my journey looked like. And I think for the, you know, as I know you guys, probably the, the same for you guys, but you go through, you know, high school, you go through college, you go through medical school where you think you're taught about health and wellness and then uh you get out into the real world and then uh then one day i wake up and i I feel like the world has lied to me (laughs) uh whether that be from a from how how do you exercise how do you eat what's healthy um you know there's the the way we you know sell in america and consume uh it makes us easy easy targets for health claims 
and, and I was I was very uh, uh, prone to that before I really understood nutrition and how that interacts. So, you know, my, my primary goal with this podcast is to really continue the conversation of, of what ultimately affects your ability to be healthy. Um, you know, far too common, we make it about calories in, calories out, and, you know, it's a failing subscription. So, you know, really trying to get across to people that ultimately your hormones uh, and inflammation are probably the biggest issues. And what do we do about that? Uh, that's not cutting calories. That's not uh, getting seven days in the gym. That's not running marathons. It's not, uh, you know, sleeping three hours and working out forever. It's really a very uh, scientific approach. And I think the, the ability to get that across in a, in a meeting in our, in our clinic, like you come here for 15 minutes and, you know, for the first 10 minutes recovering, uh, how you feel, you know, what things are you doing, what things are working, but there's a whole significant conversation out there that we, until this, didn't particularly know how to get across. Um, and, and as we go through the podcast, we're going to, we're going to fully explain some of the other things that we offer here that, that we think are underutilized and that have a, a lot of benefit to patients. Uh, but we think talking about it and helping people understand what it is and why we did it, uh, could, could significantly help. Um, you know, I, I totally agree with that. And one of the things that as I talk to patients more and more frequently, <clears throat> the, the one of the biggest concerns that I have is the mounting discouragement and frustrations that people have when following this whole calories in, calories out. They try this diet, they try that plan, mm -hmm. this program, and they have some early successes and then it's followed with weight regain. Mm -hmm. And that leads to a significant burden that they carry around with this frustration and this discouragement with them ultimately asking the question, gosh, what's wrong with me? Why mm -hmm. can't I do this? Yeah. And so one of my hopes through this podcast is that we're able to give patients a fresh perspective that brings an excitement and, and a renewed sense of possibilities to how they can achieve the health and wellness that will bring about the desired weight loss that they're looking for. Good input. All right. So round table now, uh, Blue, we'll start with you. What's one thing you've learned in the last five years about health, wellness, weight loss, um, you know, anything in regards to what we're, we're speaking to that w went completely against what you thought was right or what you understood to be right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to steal the easy one first. And Darren was already talking about this is the calorie in calorie out model. And like you said, uh, all of us have been there. We've tried it. You lose, you, you start off, you lose a few pounds, you're ex excited, uh, but then you plateau and, and here comes a, the weight once you get off your program or your diet. And so what I've learned just the past two years, like I said, I've been, I've, since COVID started, I think I've read 30 books uh, on this and I've loved it. And what it's shown me is, is it's all about the food that we put in our mouth. And it's not the, necessarily the calorie component, but what is really in this food and how does my body react against that? And you mentioned hormones. And when we say hormones, we always, th always think estrogen and testosterone, but we're talking about, you know, we're talking about ghrelin, we're talking about insulin, we're talking about these, you know, a lot of things we've never heard about, adiponectin and things like that. And what, when we eat these foods, uh, it goes back to how was this food produced? 
is it really processed? What farm was it raised on? Was it fed grain? Was it fed, you know, forage? Um, and that ultimately, when you eat it, your body's going to respond to that. And it's either going to have a good response or a bad response. And what I mean by that is, is it's either going to create more inflammation. It's going to also, some foods are designed to create more hunger. Uh, where we need more of them. Um, and so we're going to dive into that and we can really unpack that. But that's been the biggest thing that I've realized is it's not uh, what we have been taught um, uh, for weight loss by everyone. I mean, the diet industry, even if you go look up, you know, a lot of the, the books out there right now, they're still talking about this model and it's a broken model. And so we're excited to kind of lay out why, why we see that this is different. And um, so that's what I've learned, and I'm excited about talking about it. So, so rice cakes aren't particularly good for weight loss. Uh, I, I, uh, there's so many things that I've been doing over the years that's been so wrong, and uh, no rice cakes are bad for you, Bo. Okay. All right. All right, Darren. Well, I think you're going to hear this same theme repeated over and over because the <clears throat> the energy balance model, or this calories in, calories out, eat less, exercise more, whatever you want to call it is so prevalent and has dominated the conversation for more than 60 years that we're just now understanding not only that it doesn't work, but we're beginning to have some insight as to what does work. And we're seeing it on multiple different planes. You know, Blue talked about the nutrition aspect of it, but there's multiple different sides to all of this that begins to work. And I think one of the most enlightening things for me, because I worked in the general surgery world for so long and told my patients the exact same thing. It's an easy equation. You just have to balance the equation. I'm now beginning to understand that the surgery plays a very vital role, but in a much different way than I ever thought. I even told patients, I, I remember saying this, full confession, it would be much easier to just wire your jaw shut. Okay, well, how damning is that to a patient? How, how demeaning is that to a patient to, to subject them to that? And here I am a physician that's supposed to understand nutrition. And the more that I begin to understand now that the surgery is much more than just trying to force a patient to eat less. Surgery is not simply about trying to force you to take in less calories. There is a hormonal component to it, much of which we don't even understand fully, that obviously plays a very valuable role, probably in multiple different layers, controlling insulin, which we believe is really probably the primary culprit in terms of obesity. Um, and so as we're beginning to understand more and more about how some of these procedures can wind up affecting that physiologic set point that is set by these hormonal patterns and reduce that rather than continually fighting against that. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I've learned. I'd say one of the bigger things I've learned is that, um, that doctors don't know much about <laughs> health and wellness and nutrition. <laughs> yeah. And I, I say that with a very, uh, it's very sobering to me because, you know, growing up, um, I had some weight issues growing up, but then luckily in high school, I, I don't know whether it was through activity because I know I didn't clean my diet up. Uh, maybe just growth hormones, whatever it was. Uh, I was able to maintain my weight and did that through college, did that through medical school for the most part, and then got married, started having kids. And then, you know, kind of the wake up call is, hey, I'm having some struggles. Like, all right, I'm going to go to the gym. Right, because that's what meatheads like me do. Right, I'm a guy, so if you want to get fit, you got to go spend hours in the gym. So I did that and noticed that not much changed. Yeah, I was stronger, but I my my body composition didn't change. Um, my weight went up. 
um, what I assumed was probably sleep apnea that was creeping in, got a little worse. Uh, and so, you know, kind of the wake up call for me came uh, like, Hey, you, you, it's nutrition. Like it's, you're, you're doing the gym thing. You got that going on, but you're, you're still struggling with this, this other aspect. And so kind of bring that full circle to what I was saying was I was a, I'm a doctor. Uh, I've, I've been through medical school. I got zero lectures on nutrition. I got zero lectures on how food affects our weight, how it affects our risk for cancer, how it affects our risk for Alzheimer's, how it affects, how it affects arthritis, you know, you, you name it, whatever pill there is out there that's treated with a, you know, whatever medical issue out there that's treated with a pill, uh, it starts with nutrition. And for the most part, none of us are educated on it. And that, that was like the eye opening moment for me that I wanted to change things, but also wanted to get, uh, get it out there to, to other people. Um, so kind of another reason for the podcast. So, uh, another question, uh, best book you've read as of recent, um, in regards to health, wellness, weight loss, or, I mean, if you want to go off on a tangent, just best book you've read, but go, go from there. (laughs) Yeah, we've read a bunch. I think probably one of the most enlightening books that I've read in the last several months is a book called The Big Fat Surprise by Nina Tolchit. I think that's how you say her name. Sorry for butchering her name out there. <laughs> uh, she's an investigational reporter that, that basically chronicled the, the history of how we've demonized saturated fats, where that came from, why do we walk down every grocery store aisle and see low-fat this, low-fat that, why do we pick skim milk out of the, the cooler... Um, and because the news told us to, yeah. well, <laughs> it and, tastes and bad. Because very powerful organizations like the American Heart Association puts their label on it and says, if you want to decrease your risk for cardiovascular disease, you eat a diet low in saturated fats. And she really went through and explained in lots and lots of detail um, how this is completely wrong and how in an effort to avoid saturated fats, we've necessarily been pushed towards polyunsaturated fats, which are all of your industrialized processed cooking oils like vegetable oils and canola oils and the, and the such. And it's really those that are creating many of the problems that we have today. Um, and so that book, along with a, a book by a lady named Kate Shanahan called um, The Fat Burn Fix, um, those two books in terms of fat and nutrition have been super enlightening for me yeah both both light reading you know back <laughs> back of the commode type books uh how about you Blue? oh boy I'm, I'm having to look through all my books because there's so many uh one thing i do want to say darren that uh, i think you mentioned about the american heart association so my little girl the other day she had the cheerios out and she said, Dad, do you know this is good for my heart? It lowers my cholesterol. <laughs> and so that is how we have been. That's our culture in our society right now. The uh, food industry has hijacked, along with a lot of our reputable organizations out there, to tell us what's healthy, and it's completely wrong. Um, a highly processed carbohydrate meal like that is not good for your heart. Um, so one that I, I tell you... I love the ones that you just mentioned, Darren. Um, the one that I, I really liked, and I just finished it, it's called In Defense of Food by Michael Pollan. Um, it, I think it just sums up so much about uh, how, we are, how that we're producing our food, and it's backwards and wrong. Um, and then he wrote another book called The Omnivore, Omnivore's Dilemma, and it goes through two models of 
one uh, I grew up on a farm and I'm out of I'm a farmer at heart and I just happen to be doing doing bariatric surgery right now but um I love how still, still farming <laughs> I love um I love looking at how we produce our food and he goes through the model that we have right now which is producing corn and soybeans finishing cattle out and feedlots and then comparing that against a new model called regenerative farming which I've really taken a a liking to and a, a passion for Bo, you introduced me introduced to me to that um but it's a model basically getting uh the the soil healthy and the farm back to a natural ecosystem where um basically the cattle are finished out on uh, grasses multi multi-species cover crops the the chickens are falling the cattle i feel like it's the way that god created things and what we're starting to see is that that food is much healthier uh, and we'll talk about that more nutrient dense a better a better omega-6 to omega-3 profile and so he those two books that he wrote is really good especially if you're out there saying hey i just want to put something on audible and listen to it that in defense of food is a great one um so give us a two-minute summary of why omega-6 and omega-3 and the ratio between the two have any impact on our health yeah all right so we're going to cover lots of things but this right right this ratio i think is probably been one of the most transformative things in the past 100 years in america so to give you why why is that important so essentially in america and all western or industrialized countries the omega-6 to omega-3 ratio has went way up and it's about how we produce our food and what has happened is that when the omega-6 ratio is high it brings on lots of inflammation it ultimately okay stimulates a receptor causes to eat more it can help or facilitate insulin resistance weight gain matter of fact they took rats in an experiment and they increase the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 the rats gain weight uh, and became insulin resistant and also ultimately went to diabetes so i think this is a fundamental thing that's happened across the board in in america and i want to go back darren you mentioned our patients a lot of us beat themselves up saying what am i doing wrong well, it's, it's the way that we're producing our food, the industrialization of our food that's caused these problems. So it's not your fault. And how can we learn learn from that? Is that a good answer, Bo? It's a good answer. Uh, and Darren, does, the, does your primary care physician check your omega-6 to omega-3 profile? I've never once had that checked by a primary care physician. Okay, so you know, here we are saying this is probably the root cause of all problems. Um, in, in our health and wellness and nobody knows to check it or understands it or has any kind of conversation with a patient about it. Can I tell a funny story? We're going to end on this story or you want to, you want to save the story? Well, yeah, we'll, we'll save it. I didn't get to talk about my book. Um, so I, I wouldn't say this is my favorite book, but I think it was the, 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 the first book that really challenged my idea of what controls our weight. And it was the obesity code by Jason mm-hmm. Fung. Uh, and he really lays out uh, from a hormonal standpoint. And like Dr. Shinojohn said earlier, usually when we think of hormones, we think of testosterone and estrogen, which are important. They have their own play into our health and wellness, but more specifically, uh, hormones that relate to how we eat. So insulin sensitivities, leptin, adiponectin, CCK, IOP, 
one GLP one, we could go on and on about nerdy hormones, but how does, uh, how does, how do those hormones affect our ability to lose weight, specifically fat? How do we, how do we put fat on? Uh, it was the first time, you know, our, our bodies are really efficient at storing fat. That's, it's, you know, that's how God made it. Um, that's a survival technique. So, Hey, there's, there's energy around when you do not physically have food in front of you, you don't just cease to exist day one. So fat is there for energy. Uh, so how do we, how do we break that fat down? How do we get access to it? to get that energy now in a in a society where you know we've been told you know you got to eat three meals a day or grandma's gonna be mad at you uh or you've gotta you've gotta eat 12 tiny meals a day if you want to lose weight or you gotta get your protein calorie carbohydrate pump on before you work out which all these are wrong yeah um you, you know, so what ultimately, you know, uh, con- controls that. And he, he kind of, in the, per- the point of the book is, uh, he talks about intermittent fasting, which, uh, time restricted feeding. So basically giving your body a space in, in the day where you're not putting energy into it, that, the, that it then stores as fat, but instead you, you create a situation where you call upon that fat to come break down and, and, and be energy. Uh, I just horribly summarized a very, uh, scientific and well-written book, but that's the whole premise. And it's, it's eye opening because that that it totally squashes the calories in calories out model that we've all been chasing for many years. Um, so, um, that's the, the point of the podcast. Uh, we covered a lot, um, you know, we're, we're going to get into the specifics of everything we just mentioned over the course, uh, of this, uh, but a really cool, fun story, uh, that to end on, um, Dr. Schneiderjohn and I were operating at, uh, an un, un, uh, unmentioned hospital yesterday. We don't want to get anybody in trouble. Um, but over the course of the, what's (laughs) (laughs) rhymes with ESA, uh, but, uh, over the course of the last three or four years, you know, I could say when I first started operating there, there's free donuts in the morning, uh, which is very hard to say no to. Very tempting. Very tempting. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, but I, through willpower and the grace of God, I can now walk past those donuts and have been able to do so for the past three to four months, three to four years. Most surgeons can't. Yeah. Uh, but then it kind of, so then, you know, I'm fasting through breakfast. I'm not, I'm not hitting the donut bar. Uh, so then it came time to revolutionize what I ate for lunch there. And so I made the decision that that was going to be a, a big salad day, uh, for me and, and some protein. And, and one thing these guys will say is I'm very skeptical of all sauces and oils, uh, because, and I hope if anybody takes anything from this podcast that you should be skeptical of all soy, all sauces and oils. What are they made with? Where did they come from? Chick-fil-A sauce is number one. Yeah. Question, what is in there? I mean, it's really good. I'm not going to lie, but what is in it? Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's been blessed by God, though. Yes, it is. Um, but anyways, uh, the salad, uh, the, the, the dressing that I've been using at BSA for the past three to four years, I have assumed to be olive oil. 
because uh, I, I, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to clean my diet up. I don't want any of those bad oils in my diet and we'll have a whole podcast about oils, but anyways, I've cleaned the oils out of my diet and I'm, I'm just getting this really healthy olive oil. Well, a friend of ours, uh, broke it to me yesterday, just yesterday. This is after three to four years of, of eating this oil that it's not olive oil. And, and, and Dr. Peterson, he was a part of this too. They were both very healthy every day. They are trying to be. Yeah. And uh, so, so, all right, can I? uh, I was laughing in the shower this morning. Matter of fact, my family is like, Why are you laughing out loud? You you were thinking about me in the shower this morning? Well, I was thinking about this story. Yes, this is this is this is epic for all of us because we have such great intentions that we want to eat healthy, we're putting our heart into it, and then all of a sudden, we're fine. We found we find out that the sacrifice that we've been making is <laughs> or even worse it's probably been it, this could this is a worst case scenario okay um so i do want to go back bo i one thing i thought about on this this story was when we originally would eat on tuesdays in the physician's lounge I re- remember back when I would always get the apple and cherry pie and you get the tapioca pudding. Oh, that is such good tapioca pudding. We have come so far yes. in our health choices. Yes. Okay. Uh, so Dr. Peterson and Dr. Nikoi every Tuesday would get a salad and they would use this quote unquote olive oil. And I was so jealous because they were making such great choices. I couldn't do that. Okay. Um, but then, like you said, yesterday, a surgeon friend came up to Bo, and apparently what had, what had happened in his, in his life, or what had happened the other day, was that olive oil had ran out, and so he asked for it to be refilled. Well, the lady there um, at the, the dining room went and got the canola oil, vegetable oil, which is terrible for you, and filled it up. And so Dr. Peterson and Dr. Nikoi have been eating inflammatory vegetable slash canola oil for the past three years. And I, I, I just, I couldn't help but, I'm sorry, laugh, because this is how life goes. And then we try so hard, and before we know it, we realize that uh, it's all been for naught. Yeah, well, I take away from the story that I got to buy a purse and <laughs> carry olive oil around with me because I, I can't even trust olive oil to be olive oil. This is disheartening th- at a hospital. I think the story highlights what enormous geeks the three of us are sitting around the table talking about. <laughs> and this is what we find funny. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have to admit, I think this is going to become one of my favorite times during the week um this just talking with y'all about um life what we're doing sharing with us with with patients i think that i hope patients find this entertaining uh this is what we do in the or every day we talk about these things and what we're learning and and passing this on and i think this is going to be a fun venue to do that i certainly think it's highlight highlighted how difficult it is for us to be able to pass on this kind of information to our patients in the small amount of time that we have to speak to them um, we could obviously sit here and talk for hours about this stuff and have lots and lots to pass on to patients that we never have the opportunity to do. So this is going to be a, uh, a great opportunity to do that. Yeah. I do want to make a plug, okay? Uh, we've all been trying to figure out a way to do this. And so we've been doing some 
putting this information together, and one thing I started last week was a seminar uh, because I was frustrated, like both of you, of you two, that 15 to 30 minutes with a patient is just not enough time to unpack this. And so I think all of us are going to probably start experimenting with a way to try to do this in addition to the podcast. So I do have a seminar coming up November 12th. Um, that uh, on its Friday after, or Friday morning, nine to, to about 11, it's about two hours. And we're going to just sit and talk about this stuff. And um, I'm excited because this is, this is, again, cool stuff. If I'm interested in your seminar, how do I sign up? Where do I go? So call here at the office, uh, 806-677-7952. And um, just, just say, hey, I want to... I I want to be a part of this seminar with Dr. Schneider John. Uh, we are trying to keep it to uh, probably at the most 20 patients. We're even probably going to keep it to 10 or 15. We're, we're experimenting with that because we want it to be a small uh, group where we can talk and wa- work through all this stuff. And to, 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 to emphasize, this is follow-up. I've had Correct. surgery. I want, I want to get back in and have a conversation. Correct. Because that's, again, this is what we we realize it's all about the life changes that happen after surgery. Um, yeah. And I, I, t- I talked, I talked to a patient today about this, uh, not to prolong the podcast, but, uh, and I, I think I've told both, both of you guys this, I, I met with probably two of the fittest people in the world at different times over the past five years. Um, that was, Fro- one, one was me. Wasn't one was it you, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rich Froning, uh, fittest man in the world, CrossFit champion. I got to meet him and Ben Greenfield, uh, biohacker guru, uh, way out there. But, but anyways, very fit guys. And I asked them, Hey, well, if you could say one thing is the key to health and wellness, what would it be? And they both replied community being a part of a community that so su- that supports your interest uh and prioritizes your health and what it means to your community um and i think that's where you see things like crossfit pop up and you know certain certain activities uh or just you know even like this there's three of us it's our community we uh, and everybody that we ho- we hold ca- captive in the operating room that has to listen to us preach about this stuff but we have a community and i think that's very important i think that'd be another mission of these seminars uh would be to introduce other people that are struggling with the same things and here's a disclaimer we're all struggling with the same thing so don't ever feel like you're on an island and only you struggle with uh trying to get healthy olive oil uh in your diet it happens to all of us um but that's what the, the future of this podcast looks like um we uh, will have this reposted on Facebook uh, to click through. That can be an avenue if you have specific things you want us to address. We, uh, you know, my hopes are in the next uh, podcast to have a segment, you know, just two or three minutes where we address one specific question from a specific patient. Um, so we're going to end this with Darren telling us his fav- favorite recipe to make at home. He has to cook it. Nobody else can help. What He's a pretty it? darn good cook. I've eaten yeah. some of his stuff. Well, <clears throat> detail details. What oils do you use? What seasonings do you use? What wine do you pair it with? We're we're always looking for the quick and easy. Having three boys constantly on the run, <clears throat> looking for the things that we can do relatively quickly. Um, we did this just last night. It's uh, tacos for the kids, and since we're trying to avoid the processed carbs, uh, my wife and I wind up taking bell peppers and splitting the bell peppers, and we just stuff it with. Uh, um, not lean, but full fat 
um, grass-fed. Organic grass-fed. <laughs> uh, Regenerative and, organic grass-fed. Grass grass organic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, cheese, green chili, uh, that kind of thing. Um, mix it super, super easy. Uh, very quick, pop it in the oven for, for uh, 10 minutes or so and you're done. Can I add one thing? One thing and then we're done. Okay. What I have found is eating this way is a hundred times better than eating unhealthy. It's so you're talking about how you feel? Oh, yeah. not only how you feel, but the taste of the food. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually quality. It has flavor. And so that's what the biggest misnomer to me is getting healthy should be enjoyable, not not work and painful. Full circle back to the rice cakes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. And we look forward to, to bringing more content y'all's way.